God bless you, my fellow brothers and sisters. Welcome back to God's Powerful Work Ministry. I am Pastor Lisa Marie. Before we start, let's all close our eyes and bow our head in reverence to the Lord. Dear Lord God, Father, we come to the name of Jesus, Father God. First of all, we ask you to forgive us of all of our sins, Father God, for we know we sin against you, whether it was by word, thought, or action. Father God, we ask you, Father God, let every word that come out of my mouth, Father God, be of you, Father God. Everything that take place, Father God, be all for your honor and your glory, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for allowing us to be here today, Father God. And we rebuke every evil spirit that is in this room and every evil spirit that's behind this video. We rebuke it right now and cast it into the depths of the ocean. We thank you, my Lord, for giving us authority over all evil spirits. We praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, God bless you, my fellow brothers and sisters. Today's message is pestilence may come near you. And why Christians die from this coronavirus. But you have heard that it's been said it will not come near you. Over the last several weeks, there has been some discussion among Christians about whether we are immune to infection because of the promise of God's protection. Some are quoting Psalms 91 as assurance that they will be free from this coronavirus. The promises in this psalm are stunning and mention pestilence and plague specifically. Verse 3, he will deliver you from the deadly pestilence. Verse 7. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Verse 10. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. Verse 24. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. In the Bible, we have promises, principles, and commands, which can be divided into three categories. First of those that are true for all people, all the time, in all situations, such as the prohibition of adultery. Second, there are those that are true at particular times and in some situations. Third, some general statements have exceptions because of a higher rule. For example, the general commands to obey parents in everything, Colossians 3.20. And to subject to government officials, Romans 13, 1 and 2. Have clear exceptions in the Bible, Luke 14, 26, and Acts 4, 19 and 20. We sometimes need to disobey authorities if we are to obey God. Similarly, the Bible is clear that God does look after and protects us. Psalms 91 says, he can miraculously intervene and does intervene to deliver us in this world. Indeed, he commands his angels to guard us. Psalms 91.11 That is always true. He can prevent us at any moment from dashing our foot against any stone. Psalms 91.12 And many will testify to how God has done that. But that does not always happen. As the noble army of the martyrs testifies, the, however, knew that God was with them and that he was opening the door through their death to the greatest deliverance possible, entering God's presence. Deliverance 
through Psalms 91 teaches that God looks after us. That is an absolute principle. Other passages in the Bible teach us that the way God looks after us is not always in the same way he does in Psalms 91. This promise is applied in different ways by God, but it is always true. Through it, all of it, God will continue to bless and deliver his people. Amen. Subjected to frustration. A whole third of the Psalms are laments written by righteous people suffering what the world considers misfortunes while God may seem to have abandoned them. Presently, I'm reading Job for my devotions. God's plan has to glorify his name by allowing Job to go through experiences very distant to some might think at odds with. What Psalms 91 says Job's friends quoted biblical principles about how God looks after the righteous speeches in the Psalms 91 tradition. And they were proven to be wrong and even unkind. They were unwise to apply those principles to the suffering Job was already experiencing. In Romans 8, the whole creation is subjected to frustration. Romans 8.20 There is sickness. There is disappointment. There is pain and there is death. That frustration afflicts even believers who have the first fruits of the Spirit. Romans 8.23 Even though we have a real taste of what heaven is like, we still groan for now with the rest of creation. Romans 8.22 and 23 When Jesus took in human flesh, took on human flesh and blood, he embraced all the frustration that comes along with life in this world. But he transformed our world precisely by identifying with this pain and curse. We can have a deep impact on our world by identifying when it's, with its pain, just like Jesus did, in a mysterious way. Suffering helps the church grow, as the death of Stephen proved in Acts. Closer to home for me. When the... Okay, some Christians were miraculously saved and testified about it to the glory of God. Others suffered. Where many of the faithful who came to the church the morning after Christmas died, while those who stayed at home were saved. The pastor of that church lost his wife. And I think his son. But he stayed on, served, he stayed on and served his people. And now his two daughters have entered this university. A great achievement. He brought glory to God through his suffering. Amen. Promises better than deliverance. There are some, some deeper, more important realities. The promise is even more stunning than temporal deliverance. That governs us amid our frustration and pain. The Holy Spirit groans with us as we groan. Eight, Romans 8.26 Not only is it acceptable for Christians to groan when they do, God groans with them. And that verse says that he helps us amid our weakness. We experience the nearness of God in a deep way. God causes everything we experience to work together for good. Romans 8.28 Making us more than conquerors in all things. Romans 8.37 
While we mourn and identify with Christians who suffer, we don't need to pity them because we know that out of that suffering, God is working something beautiful. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, we're not immune to problems, but God's love is deeper than all of that. And nothing can separate us from his love in Christ. Romans 8, 35, 38, and 39. People relishing the experience of loving and being loved are happy people. So as Paul wrote, while isolated and confined in prison, we rejoice in the Lord always. Philippians 4, 4. And we have learned to be content whatever happens. Philippians 4, 11. The happiest people in the world are not those who don't have problems, but those who are not afraid of problems, as Paul said, again, from prison. The true and greater wealth available to us is contentment in Christ. 1 Timothy 6, 6. A dreary prison is not a place that impl implies God's blessing, but Paul was blessed. He was rich. Paul wouldn't have read Psalm 91 as God's promise to keep him from prison and even physical death, but as God's guarantee to do more to make us internally invisible, invisible in Christ so that even suffering and death serve our joy and God's glory as he rescues us fully and finally and decisively in Christ. The shadow of the Almighty. Psalms 91 will and indeed should inspire Christians to keep trusting in God when we face troubles. Like a tsunami, imprisonment, or global pandemic. He will be true to his promise to look after us and always lead us in triumph. 2 Corinthians 2.14 Amen. He will cover you with his Pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness. Psalms 91, 4 through 6. It endures. Amen. Amid all the confusion at this time, let's relish the wealth of eternal safety and contentment that we have. In Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So in the midst of all of this that's going on, my fellow brothers and sisters, pestilence may come near you. Yes. And some Christians are dying from this coronavirus. But remember, the word of God says, if you die in sin, you go straight to hell. But if you die in Christ, to fall asleep, you go straight to heaven. So if these Christians are dying from this coronavirus, it's because God needs them home already. God needs them home. Their race here is done. Amen. So let us continue and serving our mighty God. Amen. Because he is our mighty God. He knows what's best for each and every one of us. There's nothing that he does not know. He is the beginning. He is the end. He is the alpha and he is the omega. He knows what's going to happen and he knows how it's going to end. As his children, 
let us continue serving him and trusting in him that everything will be okay. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, God bless you, my fellow brothers and sisters. Again, I am Pastor Lisa Marie. Glory to God. This is from God's powerful work ministry. God bless you. Remember, Jesus loves you. And so do I. Amen.